0: Granted. I commander. Infinite, infinite power, infinite, infinite power, infinite, power, 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 infinite, power, power, power. What's up, everybody? This is Dr. Andy Wilzak. Welcome to another episode of Strength Check. Episode 14 of Strength Check, and what I'm calling the end of Season 1 of Strength Check. So, for those of you who have been here since the beginning, the few of you who have stuck with this experiment since we started, you know that there's been a little bit of a question about what is this show going to look like. Um, and I've experimented with different topics um, different approaches like do we talk more crime history do we talk more gaming stuff do we talk, talk mental health advocacy do we talk about life um, and I, I don't know if anything's really stuck I don't know if anything's really made me happy and trying to like mash everything together into one kind of coherent show I don't think is really working so that's why this is the end of season one um, I'm going to step back a little bit and try to think about what best to do with this show moving forward. And I have an idea that moving forward the show is going to be really mental health stuff and gaming stuff. Um, That's what the show was intended to be. The crime history part kind of snuck in um, as this sort of interesting thing that I know a little bit about and a way to fill some time. I'm not sure that that's something that everybody else found interesting, as interesting as I do. And to be honest, the product that I've been working on with that, I've decided to slow down a little bit on. Because I I realized that I was I was rushing to be the first person to do this. And being the first person to do this means that I'm I'm the person who gets to claim like I'm the one who broke ground on this, or I'm the one who who just made it to the top of the mountain first. And In doing so, I realized that I was really guilty of doing something that a lot of people have done when it comes to this field, I think, which is trying to make a buck on all these tragedies that have happened in the past. And if you remember very early in the show, like maybe episode one or two, I talked about people versus bodies and how... We only ever really care about how people use their bodies, and we care about how we can use their bodies to our own end, and we don't really think a lot about the people themselves. And as I've been working on this project, and I've been thinking about this, the people that I'm writing about and the stories that I'm trying to tell in terms of ghosts and all the times that I've felt almost actually really haunted by um, some of the tragedies of, of people um, in the past, in the distant past in some cases um and how all of that matters today like that's the stuff that i need to honor right those are the memories that i need to honor and those are the people that i need to do right by and trying to rush through a project for the sake of the book or to rush through it for the sake of having something to talk about for 15 minutes on the podcast every week doesn't really seem fair to them and kind of secondly it doesn't really feel fair to me either to rush through it all so I wanted to do this right, Um, I want to do this show right, I want to do this book right, and right now, just the way everything is set up, that's not happening. So rather than continue to try to find some way or some sort of ratio of game stuff to history stuff to mental health stuff to make this thing work every week, I think I'm happy calling this the end of the first season. And then taking a few weeks to think about, well, what are some ways that I can make this a gaming and mental health advocacy kind of a show? And then knock out, hopefully, another 10 to 15 episodes centered on that and move forward from there. And if it turns into a thing where we're doing 10 or 15 episodes of a story, which is something that I'm really considering doing, having people on to do world building or talk about writing or talk about genre writing specifically and that's what we do and we have 10 to 15 episodes per season and then a few weeks off or maybe a couple of months off um in between seasons and then move from there then i think that would be ideal so thank you to everybody who has stuck with this for this this long i really appreciate it i really truly do i had no idea what i was doing getting into this and i think you could argue that i still don't really have any idea now but i don't like to leave things. Undone. So last time we were talking about the Black Hand Society and the eventual downfall of the Black Hand Society, and I said that this week I wanted to talk a little bit about fans and fan control. The Black Hand Society stuff. You know, last week I said that they really wrapped up, like they 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 met their natural conclusion when prohibition was ratified, Um, because it was more profitable um for people to make money through selling alcohol illegally than through extortion and so really organizations like the black hand although the black hand i I think was by far the biggest one in the united states um just kind of went away by themselves guys like petrosino and and others certainly had a hand in that but like we said petrosino for all of his sherlock holmesian qualities um he lost in the end they killed him and, and nobody was ever officially, formally caught for that. So, prohibition um, is, a, is a much larger topic than I could ever hope to do justice to in this podcast. But suffice it to say, prohibition was one of the worst policies in American history, like, by far. I, I, I'm hard-pressed to think of a proactive sort of policy like that that had as much damage that caused as much damage as prohibition did especially because prohibition laid the groundwork for the war on drugs in the nixon administration and then into the to the reagan years and a lot of the problems that we have today with mass incarceration and the opioid epidemic and all of that i think stems back almost a 100 years ago to prohibition so there's that but I'm really, really simplifying it. I don't want to spend more than a couple minutes on it, only because why do something halfway, right? So the other thing that I said that I would talk about this week, and we're going to talk about it, I think because it, and maybe in a roundabout way, it applies to this this show. It applies to this idea of bodily autonomy. And it, it's something that I, I think about more and more as we live in an on-demand world where fans seem to have more control, greater control over the products that they consume artistically than ever before. So, I think the place that I want to start with this is a video game. The the game Mass Effect 3. So, I, I don't know how many of you listening to this um, have any knowledge of the Mass Effect series, um, or any knowledge about the controversy, in air quotes, uh, around that game, but Basically, Mass Effect was a, a very beloved series, um, a sort of space opera that had a, a lot of hype um, surrounding its final chapter on Mass Effect 3. I'm not sure when it came out, maybe like eight years ago. I'm not sure. It doesn't matter. Anyway, the end of the game, where you have the, the wrap-up to the story with Commander Shepard and... Does the does the the galaxy get to exist or not anymore? And people were livid, people were furious at how this game ended, that they invested so much time into it, and that the ending was, in their minds, really lackluster. I loved it personally. I it's my favorite game ever. I have spent so much time playing and replaying the Mass Effect series. Um, since I've, I've been introduced to it, um, it's my, my favorite game series, one of my favorite stories actually ever. So I, I was probably going to like it anyway, but a lot of people hated it. And their complaints got so loud that Electronic Arts released a patch that had kind of an, an added or expanded ending as a way to try to um, mollify the people that were, were really upset by it. And, you know, fans being fans, like that wasn't enough. I don't think anything was going to make them happy with EA following that. And so I think a lot about, like, why does stuff like that happen? And it ties into some stuff that I see with my kids, right? So my my five-year-old hates commercials. Now, I think everybody hates commercials. Uh, everybody should hate commercials. If you're sitting here like, no, actually, I really enjoy commercials, that's messed up. <laughs> why do you enjoy commercials? But she hates them, and she doesn't understand why they're there. And part of it is because anything that she wants to watch or listen to, she can immediately. Like, I grew up having to listen to the radio with my hand hovering over the record button on my tape deck to try to tape songs off the radio. I can remember holding <laughs> holding a tape recorder up to the speaker to try to, to get a song that way, um, which seems like a million years ago right now as I'm sitting here talking about that. But my kids don't have to worry about that. And and I don't think anybody has to really worry about that now. If we we get to a point where we can't find something streaming immediately, like that seems that seems bizarre, right? And so my kids don't really at least my oldest, the baby doesn't know. And you might be able to hear them stomping on the floor right above my head as I'm talking. <sighs> Hashtag dad life. So, I think the connection is that we are so used to getting what we want right away that when something artistically doesn't meet our expectations, our personalized, individualized expectations for it, that we get really, really mad, right? So, when Star Wars Episode Nine comes out in a few months, if it doesn't end with the with whatever um, perfect ending that the fans have or some of the fans have imagined where Ray is announced as Ray Skywalker and Ben Solo either dies or Ben Solo has some sort of grand redemption or something like that, then immediately they're going to be fan petitions, right? Somebody's going to try to get something on change.org to try to get the White House to acknowledge that they're not happy with how episode 9 ended. And that's just dumb. <laughs> That's so stupid. Like, the the point of all these stories, of any story, of any piece of art, is a subjective interpretation of it. Not sitting around saying, like, well, I think the Mona Lisa would have been better if... uh... she was blonde. Right? Like, that's weird. And that's a weird example, but again, my children are stomping right over my head as I'm recording this, and so I don't think that I can be held accountable for being super intelligent right now. The point is is that art is art, right? Art is not McDonald's. <laughs> you, you don't watch a show or a movie or a play or listen to an album of any artist of any actual quality and and get to complain about why didn't they do things the way that you wanted to. Even though Burger King can make your food your way and you don't have to watch any commercials if you don't want to. And if you want to watch those old episodes of whatever, it's right at your fingertips. I don't think that we should have the right to complain and complain so bitterly and angrily about art to the point where people who are involved in the production are fearing for their lives or are getting off social media or anything like that. That seems strange. That seems... A little bit too far like if you're listening to this show and and you are you are one of the the tens of people listening to this and i don't talk about a thing this week that you don't like you can rail at me but whatever it's my show if i want to talk about penguins for half an hour i can and maybe i should maybe if this becomes like a penguin appreciation show then we'll get listeners and sponsors some of that money from those penguin dollars something to think about the point is is that we've gotten so used to having everything on demand that when stories aren't written exactly the way that we want them with the outcome that we want then we turn into children and i think game of thrones is a good example of that too right like let's be honest that show was going to have a trash ending anyway (laughs) because that show was trash it was bad it was a bad show guys like it was not great. It lost its path, and that's okay. But to start railing and try and petitioning for the White House to demand that the entire season be reshot and and changed to fit somebody's fan fiction, like that's that's not cool. Like not, it's not even not cool. It's just childish. And to do so on top of Amelia Clark coming out afterwards and saying that there were days when they were shooting that she she thought that she was going to collapse from all the pain that she was in but she was terrified of saying anything how can you be the person who is on one hand like trying to stand up and support her and on the other hand saying well the thing that you were a part of was garbage like the thing that you were a part of was garbage but like it's not the actor's fault that it was garbage I think about this too, like, to, again, to go back to Star Wars, I think about this with the prequels and some of the stories that have come out about, like, I think of Ahmad Best, right, who was the voice of Jar Jar Banks and how all of the hatred that he got after those movies came out almost drove him to die by suicide. And what a colossal apology the fandom owes this man. And I I don't think that there's, I don't think there are enough apologies in the world that we can give him for what people did to drive him to that point. And I just think like, what gives people the right to, to behave that way? And so I'm sure that I'm setting myself up for this show eventually either getting mock trolled by somebody or actually trolled by people in the future when I don't deliver what people want, but whatever, I don't care. So the last thing that I want to talk about real quick is what I hope, what I hope, fingers crossed, the second season of Strength Check is going to be able to talk about, which is a project that I started kind of just like messing around about what kind of stories what I want to tell. And like I mentioned a few episodes ago, um, I, I feel this responsibility to tell stories that are related to justice in some way. Justice as I see it. Stories that highlight a lot of the challenges that people either have to overcome to find justice, or a lot of the challenges that people create to prevent justice from happening. And so I sat down and I made a list of every sort of crime story trope that I could think of. Missing people, runaways, serial killers, corruption, drug problems, on and on and on. And I said to myself, well, what what would it be like if all those things were happening in the same place at the same time, um, but to a, a hyper degree? and how how much could i make that happen in a place and have it still seem have it still seem realistic and that's where i got the idea for a story that the working title is backfire and so i'm hoping i'm hoping fingers crossed over the next season or two or three or who knows that i am able to take you guys and whomever else is willing to to be on the show into the world of backfire to tell stories about resilience and to tell stories about survival and to tell stories about justice so if that's you out there listening and you want to be a part of this you want to help out you want to learn more about backfire and you just want to talk about justice stuff uh, you can always contact the show at strengthcheckpodcast at gmail.com you can follow us on the red hot twitter machine at strength check you can follow me on twitter at Hey Dr. Will. That's H E Y D R W I L. This show was produced, as always, by the incomparable Mark Warren, who looked at this at around two minutes and ten seconds and thought, we're taking a break for a few weeks and we're moving on to season two? This is tight. Oh, hi, Mark. Thank you again, everybody, for putting up with me for the last 14 episodes of this show. Here's to 14 and 14 and 14 more. Be good. See you later. Bye.